Welcome to Christian Constitution, the podcast on the internet that is going to shock you if you dare listen. This is not to shock for the sake of shocking, but to share with you truths that your your uh, church is scared to death to tell you, scared to death to share. Uh, they don't want to run off good paying customers. Uh, I don't make a dime in doing this, and I don't intend to make any money doing this. Uh, money is what's what is uh, ruining much of the country, and it's definitely ruining the gospel. Uh, I think the Christian model, the the church model today in America, is a flawed model where a pastor is uh, a pastor as a career, and he gets paid. Uh, that ruins much of the gospel because uh, he has to get paid. Therefore, he has to make sure he tickles ears to bring in the money. This is going to be the most shocking uh, message on the internet. I'm doing this because it's near and dear to my heart. I am doing this because I am personally sick and tired of American churches. They're fraudulent. They're disgusting. And I'm going to be blatantly honest about it. Uh, And I'm going to tell stories that will blow your mind. You won't believe some of the things that pastors will do. Uh, some of the things that I've experienced with pastors, and uh, but the purpose of it is certainly to show you a great deal of uh, scripture truth. Uh, you know, the best way to teach is through illustrations, and uh, some of the stories that I've experienced, uh, I'm going to use to illustrate certain concepts that the Bible teaches, and show you why and how churches won't teach things correctly, um, and give you uh, a real clear reason as to why they're doing it. They're doing it for the money. They're doing it to um, uh, increase the numbers. They're tickling people's ears. This podcast is not designed to tickle your ears. I'm not making a dime off of it. And in fact, I'm going to shock, I'm going to shock the pants off of you. I'm going to shock you, uh, not for the sake of shocking you. I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to shock people just for the sake of shocking people, but, uh, I'm just going to tell you the truth, and it's going to be shocking. The Bible is a a scandal to the world. Uh, the Word of God is a scandal, and it upsets people, and it should upset people. It needs to upset people. If you're going to church and you're not being made to be uh, upset, uh, they're tickling your ears and collecting your money, and they don't mind lying to you. And uh, quite frankly, the majority of people sitting in churches love to be lied to. In fact, they go there and they pay people to lie to them. One of the greatest pastors in the world right now, his name is Paul Washer, Paul Washer. <laughs> and um, he puts it like this. The reason there's a Benny Hinn or, or uh, uh, some of these big money, big church uh, preachers out there, uh, you know, they, he says they are not, the people that sit under these teachers are not victims of them. He is the judgment of God upon them because they want exactly what he wants, and it's not God. That's probably the best overall illustration I can tell you. The only problem with that uh, illustration that Paul Washer gives is that he names some big money preachers. But let me tell you something. This is the average preacher in the average church throughout America. They are tickling the ears of people uh, because those people want their ears tickled. The Bible talks about this. So I want to share all this information and all these experiences with you. I want to, I'm going to show you some things that you've never seen. Your church would never, ever, ever teach you. They're scared to death of this stuff.
Uh, this is my first episode. This is my first podcast. And I'm going to do a subject that I had no intention of doing um, is my first podcast. I don't, I didn't, I, you know, this is a subject I want to do, but it's not something I wanted to do first. But the reason I wanted to do this one first is because somebody, a good friend of mine posted something on Facebook. I want to share that with you and my response to his post and then his, his question. And so I, I responded to him and told him, I'll tell you what, I'm going to do a podcast and I'm going to share this information with you. So this is the only reason why I'm doing this one first. Uh, this podcast is going to be about the episode in the Bible where Jesus says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's and render unto God that which is God. Now, this is a episode uh, in the Bible that is always taken out of context. I have yet ever, I've been a Christian for 30 years, have you ever had, never had anyone teach this properly. In fact, I've listened to many preachers, many different sources of information uh, on the Gospels, and even pastors who I, I thoroughly, thoroughly respect, who teach very good information, still get this episode wrong. And when I show this to you, you're going to see it, and you're going to go, yep, I think uh, Mr. Carter here has got this correct. Uh, it's going to be very, very thorough um, because you're going to look at it in depth uh, in a way that most pastors just kind of brush over it and, and um, basically give you an overview that is not even remotely intricate at looking at, at the passage. Now, what precipitated this discussion was a friend of mine posted something on Facebook, and he, this is what he writes. He goes, we can try to force a moral compass on all people through legislation, but as Adrian Rogers warned, you will never be able to legislate out sin. If you push people to the, too hard, they will push back. One of my patients stated we, he was going to make a shirt in response to being asked to leave a doctor's office because he refused to take a flu shot. The shirt would read, quote, if you fill me with your mercury, I will fill you with my lead. I asked him to reconsider. Please pray for the spirit of peace to fall heavenly upon this country. So I responded uh, to this post. I actually like the shirt. It goes along with, quote, give me liberty or give me death, and sick semper tyrannis, which, by the way, is the motto of Virginia. Uh, it's on the Virginia flag. And rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. And render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, which meant death to Caesar. Now, of course, he responded to that because... Uh, and I'm kind of a, I'm, you know, I admit I'm kind of a sneaky person. I put that in there for the purposes of hopefully evoking a question. And my good friend Tom did indeed question. Uh, he says, expand on render unto Caesar comment. I was instructed this meant a believer is supposed to recognize and respect the regional authority up to but not beyond breaching the boundaries of established through the relationship we have with our Lord. So uh, he, he took the bait. And, uh, you know, he's a good friend of mine, and I uh, also consider him very bright and inquisitive. And so he did. <laughs> he was inquisitive. What did I mean? How could I possibly lump in, render under Caesar that which is Caesar's with 
uh, six semper tyrannis or rebellion to tyrants' is obedience to God. So uh, I told him, I responded in the post. I said, look, I'm going to do a uh, podcast on that. Uh, I, I had already decided weeks before, maybe even months before, I wanted to do a podcast on many biblical subjects that uh, churches are scared to death to talk about. And this was going to be one of them. But uh, frankly, I didn't intend on making this my first. But uh, lo and behold, it just so happens that he's asked this question, and I want to answer it. And hopefully it's going to make a very good podcast here of information on what did Jesus mean by render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. Okay, now the tribute episode is recorded in all three of the Synoptic Gospels. Uh, they They are perfectly parallel to each other. So I'm just going to go ahead and read it out of Matthew. Uh, This is in Matthew uh, 22, 50, starts in verse 15. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent to him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God in truth, nor do you care about anyone, for you do not regard the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render, therefore, to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they had heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. Now, people are perceiving this episode the same way the Herodians who are sitting here listening to this perceive it. Now, you got to understand, this is a test to trap Jesus. This is not an honest question. They're, they're not, you know, they're not honestly going to, you know, going to Jesus going, gosh, I wish I knew the answer to this. Hey, would you mind telling us? Is it lawful to pay the tax, the tax to Caesar? That's not what they're doing. Right off the bat, it says this, this is a trap to entrap to entrap him in his own talk. You know, there's a saying in in legal uh, terms: never a, a lawyer never asks a question he doesn't already know the answer to. They already know the answer to the question when they ask him this. Otherwise, it's not a trap. It's funny how many times that. Christians read this and they think that this is an honest question. It's a trap question. They know the answer is not lawful. They want the Herodians to witness what he's going to say because they're perfectly confident he's going to say it's not lawful, which it is not lawful, which I'm going to illustrate. But he answers it in a way that non-Christians or non-Jews in this case would not understand and sadly, way too many Christians today don't understand it because they don't understand the details of what's going on. It does require a little extra homework on this. You have to do a little digging uh, to understand this. Well, they're coming to him, and they're not, they're not uh, Pharisees. They're disciples of Pharisees. They're trying to be inconspicuous. They're trying to come in under the radar, so to speak, and ask him this question. You know, a Pharisee can't go ask him this question because the Pharisees are well-known individuals. So the Pharisees are trying to trap him, and they use their disciples, in other words, followers of Pharisees. 
uh, and they, you know, they probably sat around and said, here, this is how we can get that Jesus guy. Uh, go ask him this question and take Herodians with you so they'll witness it. And then we can turn him over to the Roman authorities and get rid of him. And so the question is, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? Now, this is not just any tax. Uh, this is not like taxes to, to support, you know, government, normal godly government functions. This is, this is a tribute tax, a tribute to Caesar, which, by the way, very important piece of information is uh, it's a tribute to the god Caesar, because the Caesars referred to themselves as gods, and and they were th the purpose of the tax was a legal way of seeing to it that you worship him through the giving of your money. Okay, so it was a tribute tax. It wasn't just a regular uh, pay taxes to the government so it can function. Is it lawful to, to pay taxes to Caesar? This was a specific tribute. Now, right off the bat. What's funny about this is that Jesus immediately goes, why are you trying to trap me? <laughs> so he exposes that he already knows they're trying to trap him. So you can imagine the look on their faces. They're coming in under the radar trying to be inconspicuous and make it look like they're asking an honest question. He immediately, being God, knows full well they're trying to trap him. So he exposes them as trying to trap him. Can you imagine the shocked look on their faces? <laughs> And he said, the first thing he asks for is, uh, who has a denarius? Now, this is a key piece of information to understand uh, what's going on here. He says, whose picture and inscription is this? Now, we need to know whose picture and inscription is on the coin. This is a key piece of information. Now, this is what requires you to do a little digging, uh, a little homework. Don't just read the Gospels and, and take it at face value uh, you know, because the everything in the Gospels, everything in the Bible needs to put in context of the time. It needs to be put in context of what's going on in the, you know, in the realm at the time. So what's on the coin? Interestingly enough, I looked it up, and a denarius has a picture of Caesar Tiberius. This particular coin has a picture of Caesar Tiberius. And the inscription reads, Worshipful Son of the Divine Augustus. So you have right now a the Son of God, Jesus, the Son of the living God, being asked if it's lawful to pay a worshipful tribute to someone, to some human, who claims to be the Son of the God Augustus. Now that you know that, it kind of changes the subject a little bit. Is it lawful to pay a tribute to someone who claims to be God? They know full well it's not, and that's why they're asking Jesus this question. And they're wanting him to answer it, no, it's not lawful. Therefore, they can turn him over the Romans for teaching insurrection. This was the trap. And so, now that we know what's on the coin, Jesus says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. Now, just for a second, let me explain something. He asks a Jew. Now, presumably, it's a Jew that produced the coin, not Herodian. Now, the Herodians are there to witness. The Jews are there to question. So, you know, my idea of the situation is the Herodians are sort of sitting back witnessing while the Jews are standing in front of him asking him this question. So, 
when he asks for denarius, he's asking this of the Jews. Now, presumably, the Jews produce a coin. Now, the, the commandments of God are you to have, you're to have no graven image. You are not to bow down and worship anything other than, than the God of creation. The God the Jews, of course, claim to worship. So for them to produce a, a coin that refers to uh, Caesar as being the son of God, <laughs> Augustus, that coin would be a profane item for a Jew to even uh, have in his pocket. So it's interesting that Jesus asks for the coin and someone produces it. But anyway, it, it's interesting to, th- to think of it. You, you have to think of this in terms of the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me, which means in my presence. You shall have no graven image. They have a coin with an engraven image of someone who claims to be God, and they do business with it. They know full well it's not lawful to pay tribute to Caesar who claims to be God. That's why they're asking the question. Now, Jesus says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, and unto the Lord that which is the Lord's. Now, to the layperson who doesn't know anything, uh, it sounds like Jesus is saying, pay the tax to Caesar, be obedient to God. That's kind of what it sounds like. What's going on here is that uh, Jesus is in, in some ways telling the Jews to pick sides. Render under Caesar that which is Caesar's, or render under God that which is God's. It's pick sides. Choose your side. Whose side are you on? That's the, that's the um, structure of that response. Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, and render unto God that which is God's. Of course, render unto Caesar... You have to understand also a few other episodes in the Bible because the Jews understood a a portion of the Bible about blasphemy. In Leviticus 24, um, verse 16, anyone who blasphemes shall be put to death. And there's episodes where, where Jesus claims to be God. And the Jews immediately pick up stones to stone him. Now, they're following Leviticus 24, where God commanded anyone who blasphemes shall be put to death. And so they're perceiving Jesus when he says, now let me kind of give you a more clear uh, example without reading it. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, how long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, answered them, I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any uh, snatch them out of my Father's hand. Now here's the kicker. My Father who has given given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Now, this is the second time they've uh, apparently uh, picked up stones to stone him. Jesus answered them, many good works I have shown you from my father. Now, he's referring to miracles. Uh, This is right after the miracle episode of healing the blind man. 
For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, and because you, being a man, make yourself God. So Jesus makes himself out to be God. And the Jews know, following Leviticus 24, that anyone who blasphemes shall be stoned. Now, so they, of course they know that they can't stone him. The, the Romans wouldn't allow uh, the death penalty to be carried out. This is why in the uh, end of, of Jesus' ministry, they, they appeal to the Romans for the death penalty for Jesus. And one of the things they claim, two things they claim at the trial, interestingly enough, is he blasphemes. So he's claiming to be God. And secondly, they, they claim that he's saying don't uh, pay taxes to Caesar, which he did say that, but he said it in a way that the Herodians wouldn't have understood. So they never bring charges. Now, the Jews fully know, well, know full well he said don't pay that tax. Now, when he says render unto Caesar, he's referring to Leviticus 24. Caesar's claiming to be God. And what is a dutiful uh, response to anyone who claims to be God? The same thing. They're, they're not literally, obviously, because they can't carry out the death penalty, but they're threatening to stone Jesus for claiming to be God. The only proper punishment for Caesar for claiming to be God, according to God's instruction to his Jews, his, his chosen people, is to stone someone to death. So when Jesus says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's, that means the death penalty. And render unto God that which is God's, God is loyalty to his word. Anyone who claims to be God shall be put to death. And it was the basis on which they stoned or, or crucified Jesus. They claimed, you know, he claims to be God. He's a blasphemer. We must execute him. Okay. So now the, the, tribute episode has a different meaning does it not it does not mean pay taxes jesus did not mean to pay taxes to caesar certainly didn't mean to pay taxes to caesar who claimed to be god in this case caesar tiberius who claims to be the son of the living god quite a bit of different spin on this story than what you commonly hear in churches now one of the reasons why churches are telling you well you got to pay tribute uh, th this tribute episode means to pay the taxes is that there's a common problem in American churches today, and that is to be politically neutral. Uh, they're busy tickling the ears of good-paying Demo Democrats in the churches, and they're certainly not going to get political. And one of the ways they avoid politics is to avoid God's law. And one of the laws is the law of death penalty unto someone who claims to be divine or claims to be God. Governments throughout human history, what the, what the Romans here are doing, uh, claiming to be divine, is nothing new. The American government, in not fully officially yet, but in some very subtle ways, is claiming to be divine by being all-knowing, by being all-powerful, the United States federal government is claiming attributes of divinity. And Christians need to oppose many things that the federal government is doing, certainly lots of its power. And uh, to, not, to not oppose that is to uh, fail to do what God commands us, to worship him and him alone. 
Uh, he is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. The Lord God is um, the God of the universe. He owns all things. You know, the federal government today basically, essentially, claims to own everything. Uh so Christians must oppose much of what the federal government is doing. Well, you're going to run off good-paying Democrats if you taught something like that. Uh, one of the themes of many churches today is, is that, well, we can't get into politics because we'll lose our tax-exempt status. Uh, the reality of that is, is that churches are hiding behind that claim. They're not trying to, uh, you know, keep from losing their tax-exempt status. The, the reality is churches aren't taxable to begin with. They use this to hide behind so that they don't have to get into anything political so that they don't run off any good-paying customers. I hope this is not too shocking for you. It probably is. Uh, this just scratches the surface of the shocking message you're going to get in this podcast. Um, I'm not shocking for the sake of shocking. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to give you some realities of the Bible, and it's going to shock you. Uh, my goal is hopefully to shake some people alive to the realities that their church is teaching you garbage. They're teaching you surface stuff. They're teaching you lies. They're deceiving you and they're collecting money to do it. I don't get paid a dime for this podcast. And, um, you know, it's funny because I hear people say all the time, well, my church doesn't teach that. And my common response is, how much does your church get paid to teach what they're teaching? And how much do I get paid to teach you what I'm teaching you? I don't get paid a dime. And uh, your, church is stand, your church stands to make lots of money. And if they have mortgages, they have mortgages they have to pay. And they have salaries they have to pay. They have to be real careful what they teach. Hope you get the idea. You're going to get this theme a lot in my podcasts because this is what's going on in the American churches. They're fraudulent, they're deceptive, Phariseeism is nothing new. Uh, if Jesus were to walk in front of most pastors today, I think the pastors would want to stone him. My name is Lee Carter. This is the most shocking pass, uh, uh, podcast on the internet. Uh, I call this Christian Constitution. Uh, if you listen to more of my podcasts, you're going to get an idea why I call it Christian Constitution because I'm going to get into politics, a great deal of politics, and I'm going to relate it from time to time to the United States Constitution and how the United States Constitution, or as it was originally designed, was very much, has, has a great deal of biblical principles in it. But before I can do that, we certainly need to get into a great deal of good, solid biblical principles. Hope you've enjoyed it. Please check out my other podcasts. Um, my next episode, I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. Probably, you know, right now we're in the midst of uh, rioting throughout the country, uh, looting as a result of the George Floyd who was killed by the police officer. I want to talk about why that's happening, what's the cure to that problem, uh, and it. I'm going to shock you here. It has very little to do with uh, anger over the, the death of George Floyd. The root cause of this problem is, is in sex. It's rooted in our sexuality in this culture. I'm going to show you what the Bible teaches on sexuality, what's causing 
you know, I, there's commentators everywhere talking about how um, uh, the Democrats in these inner cities are ruining the cities. Yes, that's a problem. A lot of people talk about all kinds of various causes and cures of this. Our root cause in this situation in inner cities has to do with sex. That's going to be my next podcast. Hope you'll tune in. I'm going to shock you. I'm going to teach you things about Adam and Eve that's going to blow your mind. No church has ever talked about this. I've been a Christian for 30 years, been going to churches for 30 years. Not one time in 30 years has any preacher preached on biblical sexuality. I'm going to teach it, and then I'm going to show you what's going on in the inner city causing the riots. Thank you so much for listening.